got the privilege to go away. I'm not sure if it was a privilege or, or what it was. Because how many have ever been like in solitude for like 48 hours straight? Have you? How many love it? I don't love it. I don't love it. You think you'd love it. My, my wife loves it. She can, you know, be by herself in Jesus. And I'm, I'm good. I love Jesus. And, but I realized in the midst of being away and being tucked away that I'm way too busy. That's what you come to the reality of is that you're way too busy. And that you can't shut your mind down, you can't shut your heart down because there's so many things that you are being invaded. Never mind, you know, social media and people calling you and all the things that happen while you're trying to be away. And I'm getting business calls and all this stuff and I'm just like, no. In the same moment, I'm like, someone talk to me. Jesus, talk to me, you know. And so I had an amazing time. It was enlightening in one sense. The Lord revealed to me a lot of things about busyness, how we got to calm our hearts and quiet our hearts. And if we do not do that, uh, I believe that if we don't have the, that time, the quiet time, the time where we set ourselves apart, and it should be daily, shouldn't have to be an event. No, really, it's like anything else. Like evangelism shouldn't have to be an event. Um, it should be daily, right? We should just be with Jesus, and we should be the word, and we should be light. And, and so it's just about being and not working myself into a place where I have to hear from the Lord. And um, I hear from the Lord a lot better at home. I realize that. It's weird, right? Because you'd think. But I'm conditioned to the atmosphere, right? And so you go into a different atmosphere, and you don't have all the tools that you usually have. You don't have all the people you love around you. Guess what? God's in community. God's in family. And so not saying that we don't tuck ourselves away and that God doesn't pull us aside, because I'm going to talk about that tonight. But I really believe that the Lord wants to show us the depths of, of where we're at. He wants to show us the deep places, and he wants to get in the deep places. Are you ready for that tonight? Because I really believe that he wants to, he doesn't want it to be surface relationship with him. We just, I just spoke that word out of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah was speaking to a condition of the heart, right? Not that you, it's, it's all good that you have the riches and the might and the, and the power and the, all the other things, but he's saying don't glory in that. Glory in the fact that this, that you understand and know me, right? You got to understand and know the Lord. And uh, he really, really wants to come in, and he wants to come in close to us. So I just want to talk about our depths determining our height. That'll be the title of my message, I guess, tonight. The depths will bring us to high places. So what I'm talking about tonight is letting God go deep so you can go higher. And a lot of times we don't allow the Lord to go deep inside of us. We think we do. I'm telling you by experience, in many different ways, not just this weekend, but when God wants to go deep and he wants to go deep inside of you, he wants to bring you to a place where you flourish, right? So he can't, you can't grow deep roots and grow greater, stronger. Come on. You understand what I'm saying? Isaiah, Isaiah 37, 31 <clears throat> 
just going to read a few scriptures to start, and then I'm going to get into what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm supposed to get into. But Isaiah 37, verse 31 says, And you who are left in Judah, talking about the remnant, right, talking about praise, who have escaped the ravages of the siege. How many have ever been in warfare? See, there's three things I understand. <laughs> One, I'm busy with business. I'm busy with ministry. And I get busy in warfare. Those three things. And if we don't get rest, if we don't rejuvenate, if we don't go into the secret place, right, it says, and you will pull roots down into, the, into your own soil and grow up and flourish. For the remnant of my, of my people will spread out from Jerusalem a group of survivors. <laughs> and God doesn't want us to be survivors. He wants us to thrive, right? He wants us to be those that are thriving and not just surviving. It says, from Mount Zion, the passionate commitment of the Lord of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. See, so we got to ask for heaven's help, right? Because in order for us to enter into the secret place, it's going to be through what? A supernatural touch from God. I'm telling you, it's only by knowing him. And he's a supernatural God, and he wants us to experience him supernaturally, and he wants us to experience him. It is about the word. It's about his presence, but he does want us to experience him in a deep way. He wants to come, just like we sang tonight, I so, that so resonates with me. God, will you come and wrestle me and win? Because I'm telling you, everyone in this room has a strong human spirit, a strong soul, a strong will. How many have a strong will? I have a 20-year-old daughter who has a strong will. She's got a strong will, I can promise you. She's got this 220-pound man trying to put her in a car seat when she was three years old. And she was like, Rah! I won't go. Come out. <laughs> it never went away. I'm joking, but I'm not. I'm just giving you a, a, a picture. No, I used to get sweat. I used to sweat. I'm like, oh, trying to calm her down. She's like, red, like Hulk baby. And the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that our will gets in the way, right? We get, we get on stuff, and we just don't want to leave it. Come on, we get thinking that God wants to get through. And it's been processed by things that are all around us. The way you were raised, how I grew up, the environment I've been around. It all conditions my mind. It all conditions my heart. And until I let the real father of lights inside of my life and let him get through all the stuff that gets in the way, right, he can't go deep. I promise you he can't go deep. Genesis, I'm just going to give some... Genesis 7:11, talking about Noah's life, right? It said in the second month, in the seventh day of that month, on that day, the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. What happens? He went deep. It's talking about the floods coming. But here's what God's speaking to us in that. The ark was the place that was safety. 
right? And God was trying to push something out of the earth, right? What happened during the flood? He was trying to remove something from the earth. Rebellion, lawlessness, come on, people thinking that, right? The whole thing about them going up and making themselves gods and all those things. And he went in and wiped it out. Why? And he said he'd never do it again that way. Why? Because he was going to send Jesus, right? Come on. And so the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that heaven will open when we let the deep places open up, right? Psalm 42 and verse 7. Deep calls unto deep at the thundering, at the sounds of your waterfalls, at your breakers, at your waves, that you let them roll over me, right? And so... When you allow deep things to happen in your life, you can go to higher places. I promise you God does not want, a one, I said this last week, he doesn't want a one-inch thick church. He's not going to work. I'm telling you, God is calling a people to go and let him go deep. The deeper he goes, the deeper your roots go, the more strength we have as a church. And God's calling the whole entire church to come out of, out of a, a very surface relationship. Like, you know, <laughs> I won't go there. Hold on. I start thinking stuff, and I let it, it's like I have to, sometimes you just got to shut your mouth. <laughs> right? And everyone's like, I want to hear it. No, it's just those things. It's just those moments when you know people aren't doing okay. Right? I'm, I'm going to tone it down. When you know people aren't doing all right, when you just say to someone, yeah, I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing amazing. And inside, you're just somewhere else. You're not in your happy place. <laughs> you're somewhere else. And I'm, and I'm talking about our conditioning. Come on tonight. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to go into some deep places. And so the deepest places in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, Right? And for safety reasons, we ignore and tend to stay away from those areas. Right? Because God's trying to get at stuff. Right? And not that we have to dig up the old man, because I don't like that. I believe Galatians 2.20 is true, that I died with Christ. I believe it. I believe I'm, I'm sanctified. I believe I'm, I'm totally healed. But come on, God is trying to get in to get to places that have not been healed. Come on. Right? There's a work of the cross. There's a work of sanctification. There's a work that the Holy Spirit does when you're, when you're baptized in the Spirit. And he absolutely erects your life. But I'm asking for God to wreck me some more. Because I need it. I don't know about anyone else in this room, and it, it, it's okay. But I need God to come in and wreck me a little more. So that I'm not, come on, like this. Sometimes, you know, relationships are just like, you're good. Come on, get your hands off of me. Satan's the joke. But you understand what I'm saying. Like God wants us to have real relationships. And there was this thing that I was looking into that the Lord wants us to be in one accord. Do you know how much power there is in one accord? And God cannot get into the depth, deep places and do what he needs to do and have us be in one accord when we're... Mr. Superficial, Mr. Mask, Mrs. Mask, right? And God wants us to be real, real honest with ourselves, 
But first of all, with him, because I think if we're honest with him and where we're at and where we live and where we want to go to, then he'll come in. I promise you he'll come in. I promise you. So if we engage God deeply, he's going to bring us into higher places. Do you agree? More than we can imagine. I'm telling you, there's depths of God that he wants to bring us into that is way beyond. And so where do you find treasures? In deep waters. <laughs> They're not on the sandbars. It's not in the, the shallow places that the treasures that God is going to find inside of you are going to be pulled up. Because what I understand this is in talking to, to friends in ministry, talking to people that I know day to day, that really God has treasure inside you, and it's in everything. It's in, it's in the broken part. Can you believe that? That sometimes where we've been broken, that there is beauty. I'm telling you the truth tonight. It's okay. It can be quiet in here. I expected it. You know? It's really, because in the broken places, God begins to, what, change beauty into, right? Change, we trade it. Ashes for beauty. We trade it. And the Lord is wanting to bring us into that place where we allow him to get in. And all of a sudden, our relationships change. Because when he comes in deep and he goes in deep, he brings us to a whole nother higher level, right? And so, so Peter, uh, Jesus instructed Peter to go where? Launch out into the deep. Where do you find the good things? You launch into the deep. John 10.10. 10. Ready? We like this word. We like the second part of it, but we don't like the beginning. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Like, I'm going to start on, on some negative connotations. It's okay, guys, right? It's okay. It's okay. I'll bring it all together in the end, I promise. It didn't say he may come. It says the thief comes. So the thief is looking for something, Right? But God's saying this, take what he steals and we get, we're a portion one thing. What does the Bible tell us about when things are stolen from us? Come on, some, of us, some people in here have stolen identities. No, I'm not talking about people taking your credit cards. I'm talking about identities that are stolen, that you don't know who you are, that you don't know who God created you to be. But I'm telling you tonight that God's looking for that place to fill with who the very essence of who he is and who he's made you to be. It's not like you're an android or, or some robot that he's going to do, you know, he plugs you in and then you just do the gospel. Right? You don't just do the gospel. You become the gospel. You become transformed in the renewing of your mind. And I'm going to talk about having mastery over your mind. Because most of us in this room don't have mastery over, my, over your mind. I don't. I'm standing up here preaching to you. Do you think I do? Absolutely not. And God wants to get at that stuff. Do I want to have mastery over my mind? Yes, it's better than it was 10 years ago. It's better than it was 20 years ago. But God is looking to come in and he wants to transform and renew so that we can step up into a whole nother level. Right? Because we have old patterns that happen in our lives and things that we went through that God is trying to annihilate. annihilate right? It doesn't mean the memory goes away, but he's coming in to take those things, and he already did. The cross did it. Do you agree? The 
cross took care of it. It's just a matter of us walking it out now. But the thing is, Jesus wants the inner man. Oh, man, he wants the soul. He wants the, he wants the very depths of what, what you are inside, and he wants to go to those places to transform them, to redeem them, to absolutely cleanse them, and I believe he has, but he hasn't. Come on, you're a process. You're a masterpiece being worked on. And God is going to do that to you, and the, and the gospel will come to you. So the enemy will what? What happens when he came to steal? It says this in the Bible, that whatever the enemy stole, whatever someone stole from you, it's restored to you how many times? Good, good. You guys know your Bible. Seven times. That's perfect. That's perfection. That's God's number. Seven times. How many could use a seven? <laughs> I want it seven times. I'd take more, but I'm only allowed seven. Right? And so this is what the Lord wants us to see. So Job 11, and we'll kind of camp here. We'll try to anyway. I'm missing something. We camp here except for one verse that the Lord brought to mind earlier. Okay. Job 11. I'm reading now the message tonight. <clears throat> Job 11, verse 13, says, still, oh, still, still, if you set your heart on God and reach out to him, keeping a steady heart, right? Still, if you set your heart on God and reach out to him, still, if you set your heart on God and reach out to him, still, if you set your heart on God and reach out to him. Here's the thing. Most of us, some of us, some of us don't reach. Some of us don't reach. I'm going to bring truth tonight, right? Because this was, a, this was one of the words that actually Job received from one of his friends. And we all think that Job's friends were a mess. But really, they had really good wisdom for him. It just didn't line up with what Job was going through. Right? It's true. And so the Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold. Be still. If you set your heart on God. How many want to set their heart completely on the Lord? It's, the Bible says, keep, your, keep him always before you. Keep him always before you. He's always to be before you. It's in everything you do that he's always to be before you. Not all these other things that come into our lives to, like, like me. Like shiny things get me distracted. Right? It can be good, but it's not a God thing. Right? And God always wants our heart to be set. To be set. To be set on him. To be focused on him. To be a our affections will be focused, and our affections will be on him and only him, right? Which, when he is the center of everything, I'm telling you, everything else goes good. Everything else moves. All our relationships are good. All the things that, that are surrounding us with family, friends, all those things, as, he, as we set, as we set our hearts on him. Right? And, and that's about keeping our hearts steady. 
What does that mean? Don't overreact. <laughs> I count myself as an overreactor sometimes. I do. I'm going to be transparent tonight. Is that okay? I am. I overreact sometimes. I promise you. It can be good and it can go bad. Because I'm passionate. I'm a passionate person. I'm not like, if something happens in our house, it's not like, oh, like, like my marriage and family teacher used to tell us, don't yell unless the house is on fire. I'm like, <laughs> we blew that already. He's a great guy. And honestly, I don't think he ever yelled unless there was a fire. I promise you he didn't, right? I promise you. But I'm like, you're talking about a Lebanese, Italian, and an Irish mixerian, whatever I am, right? I'm telling you that it was always, if there was a conflict, voices would raise, right? Do I say it's always the healthiest thing? No, probably not. But I'm saying this, that God is calling us to a place where we realize where we're at, right? That you, God is calling you to not overreact, Said to learn not to overreact. Still, sometimes I overreact. Why? Because God's got to get in a little further. Because he wants to bring me higher. Maybe I'll just use myself tonight. I won't point at anything out here, okay? I promise. I'll just use me. Overreaction. And God's saying, reach out to him. What happens? What happens when we reach out to him? I'll give you a couple. I know. The woman at the issue with the issue of blood. What did she do? She stretched forth. She tried to get at Jesus. Whatever got in the way, she pushed past. And that's what we don't do when things start getting in the way and the crowd gets around and there becomes a lot of traffic and there's other things in the way. We don't push through, but she pushed through. Right? It was the same thing with the man with the withered hand. Jesus just said one thing, stretch forth your hand. Now, he could have said, no, it doesn't feel good. Because that's usually what we do. No, that doesn't feel good. God's trying to get at something, and we're like, nah. No. You hear me? I don't know. Maybe you all run just right at Jesus, and he comes and takes that thing out. But I, I'm telling you, for me, sometimes I'm good. Sometimes I'm like, tonight, I'm like, God, just wrestle me, choke me on the ground, I'll be good. He's a good father. I know he's not going to kill me. Well, he might. He's trying to, right? What Rick Joyner always said, two people trying to kill you, the devil and God. So put me in a sleeper hold and knock me out and just make me walk funny. I'll be Jacob. Because I do want to be a prince. I do want to live in royalty. I do want to live out of a place where God just comes in and, and just totally reconfigures my life. So same thing, right? So this guy, he lets, puts his hand out, and God restores it. Because what will happen when we reach out to God? I promise you he'll restore. I promise you tonight that he'll restore. I promise you tomorrow he'll restore. I promise you the next day and the next month and the next 10 years, everything you put out to him, he'll restore it. Because he wants to restore any place where we're withered and broken. I promise you. 
Moses, Moses reached out. He said this, listen, I'm not going. Can, can you just show me your glory? Because that's all, that's all he wanted to do was see the, the glory of the Lord. And you know what? He said, God, can't you just, just give me a hug? Because that's really what the picture is, is that when the glory of the Lord, God just grabbed Moses and covered him, and the glory of the Father was revealed all around him. And so how many want to hug God tonight? I, do, I totally do. I totally am right now. I feel good. God's good, right? It's not about how I feel, but I'm telling you, I feel the goodness of God all around us right now. And you got to just engage with that so that you can receive it tonight. And so, next verse is this. It says, if you scrub your hands, I'm going to give you the seven things now. The seven things that God's going to give us as we step into his presence, right? And allow him to come and restore all the things that are stolen. Ready? If you scrub your hands of sin, I thought this was kind of, it was a little, if you scrub your hands of sin, I thought, you know, I had to think about that. Like, why scrub your hands of sin? Well, obviously, it's Old Testament, right? And Jesus didn't come, and the blood of Jesus didn't just wash it. But sometimes I think we really do need to scrub. I started thinking about it, and I know Jesus did all the work. Come on, don't mess with me with theology. I can, I can, I can shout you all down. I know Jesus did the finished work. I know he broke the power of sin and death over your life. But did he? Are you feeling like that? Are you living in absolute victory now? Because I know positionally he did. I know he did. I know Jesus did it all. It is finished. There's nothing left. But some of us, we still got a residue of stuff on us, brokenness, wherever, wherever it is, I'm not going to point it out because I got my own stuff, right? And I've got generational stuff that, you, come on, you got to fight down and break down and kick down, and it comes after you. And this is what I'm talking about, the warfare. Sometimes there's just warfare. I'm being real. Ready? And re refuse to entertain evil in your home. That's the next verse. I know. It's the message. It's a transliteration. I know. I know. But it was good for preaching tonight. God wants an atmosphere around us. Wherever your home is. Come on. You are wherever your home is. God is wanting to do something in the atmosphere of my house. I know this. This is a testimony of my own, my own life. Right? That when people come into our home and they just chill, there's peace. Because we've cultivated that. I know, I just told you, yes, yeah, sometimes we get loud. <laughs> How does that work? Because we're not crazy screaming, beating each other, and, you know, it's not violent. But I'm telling you this, that we always tried to make a place of peace in our home. And so all of us need to cultivate that around our whole lives, Right? You got to cultivate peace around your life. You got to cultivate love around your life. You got to cultivate an atmosphere of life around your life.
You with me? I wasn't alive. You'd be dead by the end of it. Number one, what's going to happen when we do some of these things, right? When we receive back everything the enemy's stolen from us. Watch this. Ready? Watch this. You'll be able to face the world unashamed. I love that because that's the gospel right there. You've been made clean. God's polished you clean, right? But you're able to face the world unashamed. And number two, keep a firm grip on life, guiltless and fearless. God wants us to be guiltless, not walking around with all kinds of condemnation about our past. Right? I told you I'd get to the good stuff. So take it while you can get it. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants us to live out of this place where we're guiltless, we're fearless. God has given you not a spirit of fear. And some of us operate out of a spirit of fear, and God's trying to rid that from your life. Let him wrestle you tonight. Doesn't have to be here. It can be home in bed. Because <laughs> he's everywhere. Come on. So keep a firm grip. Keep a firm grip on life. What does that mean? Come on, you're just going to walk with, a, with an assurance, knowing that God's with you, that you're not, your life isn't all a mess, and that you don't need 70, you know, hours of maybe more, right? Sometimes we think we need hours and hours of therapy. You don't. You need Jesus to come into your life and invade and wrestle you and win. And win. Jesus is king. Holy Ghost is going to win. All you do is just get him, come on, just move into a position where you can just put you through the sleeper. He's going to win. He's going to win. I like this one. Number three, forget, you'll forget your troubles. They'll be like old faded photographs. That's a perfect picture right there. Because really, we don't have to live in this place where we live out of the past. We forget it. Because didn't he say, he said it right here. He said, don't, in Isaiah 43, 18, he says this, don't remember the former things or consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. And when he does a new thing, it means the old thing's gone. It means it's like a faded old photograph. It means it doesn't mean anything. It's just a picture. And it can't harm you. It can't hurt you. It won't bring you in a place of, of being defiled again. It won't bring you in a place of hurt again. It won't bring you into a place of abuse again. It won't bring you into any of that. It will be an old memory. Because the Lord says this. He says this. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? And I'm telling you, God wants us to know that when he comes in and he does a work, and I'm talking to you about something that God did, right, positionally, you're free, you're free from condemnation, you're free from all these things, and you are. I'm not being double-minded in what I'm saying tonight. You are. It's over. It's done. You just got to let the Lord come in now, and I'm telling you, it's about his presence coming in and taking that stuff out of the depths of who you are and removing it. 
because somewhere we get lost in thinking positionally, yeah, he did all that, and then we go, nah, talk to the hand. No, really, we do. No, I'm all set. I got it. And I, and I'm, I, I know by faith, brother, it's by faith. But when I'm messed up on the inside and God has not gotten into the place where he needs to heal, that means that he hasn't got a hold of it and things are still, come on, dysfunctional and you still operate out of a dysfunction and God, you don't even see yourself for who you are and God's created you to be more than a conqueror. Right? You're a, you're a generation of overcomers. You don't live out of a place where you're defeated and broken. Right? Because he wants to come in and take care of all of that. But I'm telling you, just got to let him win. You'll be able to face the world unashamed and keep a firm grip on life, guiltless, fearless, and forget your troubles. They'll be like an old faded photograph. And I like this one. Your world will be washed in sunshine and every shadow dispersed by daybreak. That means this, that God has put so much light inside of you that you don't get stuck in darkness. That darkness doesn't overtake you ever. That you live in the light as he is in the light. Just like John said, that beloved, you live in the light as he's in the light. And you don't move outside of that because when you love one another, right? When love is released from the, from the, body, of, from the body of Christ towards one another first because they said you'll know us by our love. Now by our Judas hugs. love. I know I was going to say it earlier and I did it now. Sorry. No, it's true. Because we can be with one another and go, I love you, brother. No, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. We don't want it here. I don't want it out there. Right? world will be washed in sunshine and every shadow dispersed by a day spring, right? You'll have fountains of life. I talked about the depths, but the water of God, the water of his presence, you've got to understand this, that he, he brings what? Water in the desert. You know what that means? I was thinking about that this weekend. What does that mean? That means this. That means that he's looking for dry places. He's looking for the arid, burnt, places. He's looking for the places that are desolate so that he can bring a spring. I'm telling you this is the truth. Every place where we've been like had this de like desert, deathly kind of dead feeling inside of us. I don't know about you. I'm going to just be honest tonight. I sometimes have a dead feeling inside of me. Like I'm not hitting where I'm supposed to. Like God needs to come in and you can all analyze me and it doesn't matter tonight. I don't really care. But the Holy Spirit wants to come into the dead and the dry places so that he springs life. He wants to release life and he wants to spring water and he wants to bring an oasis and he wants to bring the power of who he is and the, and the awesome, awesome quenching 
of his spirit. Not quenching his spirit, but the, the come on, the, every place where we thirst, every place where we desire for him to come, that he'd just come in and, and just quench that. He wants us to take, be taking big drinks. Watch out for that. Number five, I didn't even have to make a message. The, the message made a message for me. It was really good. Number five, <clears throat> we're living in sunshine and light, right? God's going to bring springs in the wilderness, springs in the desert. Spring, spring, spring up, oh well. Come on, out of the depths of my soul, he wants to bring the depths of my soul into a whole nother place. And he wants to make me full of hope. Full of hope, number five, full of hope. You'll relax, you'll be confident again, and you'll look around and sit back and take it easy. Wow, that sounds like rest to me. That after maybe striving in so many places, because we always strive for some type of identity, or we strive to do religious stuff, right? But God says, no, you do this. This is how you do it. You're going to be full of hope, knowing that God's coming, knowing that he's going to pour out his spirit, knowing that the water's coming, and that you'll be confident again that what he said before to you that he's going to do. That you don't live out of a place of deficit, but God spoke something to you. He will do it. He will bring it to manifestation, and it'll be, you'll be confident again, and you'll look around and sit back and rest. And I talked about this last week because sometimes we go into warfare and we go to fight it's in the Bible, right, for our promise. But I'm telling you, God wants to bring us into that place where we don't fight for the promise. That we walk in to the fruit. And I'm telling you, when he comes in in a deep place inside of us, when he comes into the depths of our soul and he goes deep and he digs and he pulls, come on, ever see those things? Oh, I won't go with it. They clear out the source. You know, they pull the gunk out, right? I know, graphics tonight, but that's okay. But here's what he wants to do. He wants to pull all that stuff out so that we're released into a total freedom. So we're not carrying it. You're not carrying the old ways. You're not carrying the old mindsets. God wants to do a miracle in your mind. He wants to do a miracle in your mind. Number six, you'll be expansive without a care in the world. Without a care in the world. Why? Because everything you do, every place you step your foot, right, Joshua? Every place you step your foot, the kingdom. Every place you go, the kingdom of heaven. Every place you, you step, you've got authority. Because you're walking in this place that God has just pulled you into the fullness of who he is because you're growing now and you're thriving and God's doing all these things in your life. Why? Because you yielded to the Nelson. Come on. You yielded to it. When he's trying to put you down and put you in a sleeper, you just yielded. And so everything grows. And without a care in the world, because you don't have to make it happen, you've got favor now, and everything goes big around you. 
Do you believe that? That God can expand things all around you? That we went into this place, we go into this place of favor and blessing with the Lord because we let the depths of his, of his presence come into us and it changes and transforms us into a place where we, all of a sudden everything's expansive. Everything, that doesn't mean it has to even be numbers, but everything in your life is just, wow. And you're full of who he is and not full of who you are. And here's the thing, you know, he uses all the stuff that we've been through. You know that? We, tro we so try to demonize the stuff. And I'm, I'm talking about it, yeah, we need to take care of it. But we try and demonize it when it's part of who, he, who you've been created to be. I'm sorry. It's just who you've been created to be. And God, when he comes and he blows his life on that, I'm telling you something beautiful happens. But you just got to let him allow it and not trying to, I know we're trying to forget the past and go on to the future. I get it. But that's why he said it's like a faded photograph. It's not going to go away. It won't go away, but it's created who you've been and who you've been created to be because of the experiences you had, because of even the abuse that you maybe have gone through. It, be, it could have been whatever, right? Because of circumstances that you had no control over, but it created who you are. Number seven. favor again, right? You'll be hunted out by many for your blessing. <laughs> You'll be hunted out by many for your blessing, right? So what am I talking about? I'm talking about the blessing of God coming on us. And how many believe that God sets order in our lives, right? I can tell you that he had to bring order out of chaos in my life. I had a lot of chaos. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like Genesis, you know. Out of the chaotic, out of those things, the spirit of the Lord was hovering and brought my life into alignment, right? And so as I continue to grow as a believer, I believe this, that he comes in and he wants to put things in divine order. And he's still reordering things. 20 years in Jesus. I don't care if you're 30, 40 years in Jesus. I just believe that he's always trying to put things into order and a fresh perspective. And so that things are lining up for his purposes, for his plans. So that it looks like he came and he blew on your life. And I know we go through seasons, right? Where things can be chaotic, and then he blows them into light, right? He puts them in order. So I'm talking about divine order and divine purpose and divine placement, and divine placement opens the heavens. Because let me tell you this about the, about the tabernacle. Everything was in order. I'm going to end here. But it's the truth. And when Jesus came, he was the tabernacle. He said what? In John 1, 1, it said, John chapter 1, it said, he was flesh, right? And the Spirit of God dwelt in him. And he was dwelling on the earth. And it said, he tabernacled with men. 
So now our union with Christ brings us into this place where we are in line with who Jesus is. And he wants to do the same for your life. He wants to bring your life into a beautiful tabernacle. Because the love of Christ is going to come into your life and bring divine order. Going to bring divine order. Divine placement. Blessing comes in divine order. I believe that. That God all of a sudden, he blows on things when we align with what he's doing. Right? So my life, right? I was thinking about this because because we were with my mom for breakfast. She said 1990. I'm like, oh, my God, 1990. I was a mess. It just br it brought me to a date. You know, it brought me to a year, and I was like, man, my life was so out of order in 1990. My life was in absolute chaos in 1990. And God was having me in process to bring me to 1992. <laughs> right? So the Holy Spirit was drawing me, but I had no idea because I was a wreck. And the power of God comes to you, right, in the midst of chaos and blows it into order. And I promise you tonight that if we would just yield again, just let him come and wrestle with you. God, would you just wrestle whatever's in the way, whatever's the thing that's in the way. And, I, you know, I always hear Bob Jones say this. He goes, if you just remove, if you just remove that one thing. I said this last week. If you just allow me to just take control of that one thing. It can be bad, good, or indifferent. But he just wants to take it and transform it and blow life on it. I just wanted to just do this tonight. And it probably won't be much different than last week. But I just feel like the Lord wants to wrestle with us all of us. Guess what? Even if we all try to get God, we lose. <laughs> try to overthrow the Lord. Imagine that. So many people in the room wrestling the Lord, I guarantee he was going to win every match. See, Jacob went through his whole life, right? Blessing came to him. He, he, had, he, went, to, he went to Bethel and he received a revelation of, of Jesus, right? He, he saw the ladder going up and down, right? And then he went into like these years of slavery. And I know if Jacob was me, I'd be saying, why did I believe that dude? Why did I believe Laban? Right? Why did I believe him? He, he totally tricked me. He tricked me into marrying one woman. And then I had to work more years to marry the love of my life. It was messed up, right? He was, the deceiver was deceived. But see, I think so many times, right? I think our lives do depict that, 
right? God's trying to get us from being in that place where we got ourselves in some type of self-deception. Can I just go there? I'm just going to go there. That we're just a little deceived in how God sees us, perceives us, and what his plan is for our lives. And instead of just coming full force to him, we do just like Jacob. We don't wrestle with him. Right? We don't wrestle. And I can tell you this. A new day doesn't spring forth. Until we tap out of the mat. I'm telling you. It says that at dawn, which is what? The breaking of a new day. It says he said, just give me the blessing. <laughs> and the Lord, the angel of the Lord touched his hip, which I believe was Jesus right, a theophany, came and touched Jacob's hip and made him walk different and renamed him to Prince of God. And see, I think all of us in this room have a little area maybe, I'm not putting stuff, I'm not projecting things on you, but we have a little area that we might name something different than how God sees us. Are you hearing me? Because I'm there. I'm like, God, how do you see me? Because really the only affirmation I can get, I can't get from any man. I can only get it from my Father in heaven. I promise you. It's all empty. So you can do a thousand things to make people like you, to perform well, to build a ministry, to build a business, to build, to build, to do, to do, when ultimately God's coming in and saying, I'm going to touch you right there, and I'm going to make you walk differently. And I'm going to release blessing on your life. I'm going to release an expansive life. I'm going to release that life that, that's full of hope. I'm going to release a place in your life that you're always full of hope and faith. people will hunt you out for blessing. And that's not the object, is that people would hunt you out for blessing, but it says this in, in Isaiah, it says that the glory of kings, that the, the light of God is going to be on you and it's going to cause all men to come to you. It's called favor. And favor isn't a, a destination. Favor goes back to Jeremiah 9. That I understand and I know him. That I begin to understand and I know him in an intimate way where he can come in and do whatever he wants in my life. That I don't shrink back, that I actually reach out to him. So let's stand.
Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, I'm just going to ask you tonight, Lord, that you just do the deep work. Lord, the deep calls unto deep. That, Lord, the spring of who you are would just begin to go deep inside of us, God, and you would just begin to get in those places that we may not have let you come into. And so I'm praying for myself and everyone here that, Holy Spirit, you just bring our lives into a complete divine order. That, Lord, we live out of a place of, of your abundant life inside of us. Lord, that whatever the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, I thank you that you declare abundant life over us. And Lord, as we lay ourselves before you, as we submit ourselves to your process, that you bring crazy divine order to our lives. Lord, that you blow on any chaotic thing in my life. That you bring absolute order to any chaotic thing in anyone around me. That, Father, my children, their lives would be filled with your life and no chaos. That, Father, there would be an atmosphere in all of our homes, in our lives, Father, that would, that would facilitate, that would allow you to come in and tabernacle. That you'd come in and rest in the place where we are. Lord, we're asking tonight that you come and wrestle us and win. At least that's what I'm praying. And Holy Spirit, you'd come and you would absolutely blow into every cavern of our lives that has anything that changes our view of who we are, who you created us to be. That, Lord, we would live out of true identity, not just a good teaching on identity. So, Father, we thank you tonight. I thank you that you've created men and women in this place to just flourish and grow and increase. And we declare that the roots of our, of our life and our spiritual life would grow deeper and deeper into the wells that you already put inside of us. And that there'd be an increase to our growth that we wouldn't stay stagnant, that you would bring water to the places that we need water. And we love you, Lord, tonight, and we bless you. I thank you for divine order and blessing. I thank you for releasing that sevenfold increase on our lives as we let you go into the deep places. And we love you, God, and we thank you 